It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Smart Money Questions Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Matt Hausman, the founder of Old Security Group, serving you in Metro Philadelphia, Delaware, and Northeast Maryland as well. He has offices in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and Newark, Delaware. You can find us online at smartmoneyquestions.com and listen to past podcasts there and other great information on the website as well. Looking forward to our conversation today about some of the common money mistakes that we see people making. Probably, Matt, I would imagine you're seeing mistakes being made each and every week, maybe even each and every day when folks are coming in to meet with you in the office. Would that be in uh, a hyperbole or would that be pretty accurate? No, that's absolutely accurate. We we see things all the time just in the different advertising we do, people calling in with questions. And I'm always amazed as I, and it's been told, you know, I know this stuff. I do it all the time. So I'm it's very in my frontal lobe. And a lot of people, they're not doing this every day. They're doing whatever it is they've been doing their whole mm-hmm. life. So I think it's common. But most of the time for them, it's things they haven't even thought about that really can create massive mistakes for them. We could probably do a series of 10 or 11 podcasts all on the different mistakes that we see, but we'll try and just highlight five or six of the most common here on today's program. And the thing to kick it off with, why don't we just you know pull off the Band-Aid and talk about taxes first, right? Let's, let's get the, the one nobody likes talking about out of the way, out of the gate. Uh, ignoring the future tax implications of your retirement savings. Why is that one of the more common mistakes that you'd see? That, you know, that's something that we see with probably 80 to 90 percent of the people that walk in our office, including those that become clients, is because what they've been told their entire working career, max out the 401k, you're going to save taxes now, you'll be in a lower tax bracket later. That way you, your money is actually growing tax deferred and you'll pay less when you actually take it out. But what I'm always intrigued about is when 80, 90, 100% of all your assets fall into that tax category. No one has even thought about the exit strategy on when the money comes out. And I'll give you an example. This actually, we got an email from a client last week. Now, keep in mind, they're already taking Social Security. They have a small pension and they're taking out IRA distributions on a monthly basis. They just emailed over, hey, listen, we'd like to get another $10,000. It doesn't sound like a lot of money in the course of the whole year, but the problem came in that we had to factor in now that is going to take them. They've already been getting those distributions now for six months and what it's going to do for the rest of the year. If you can believe it, it doesn't sound like a lot. It increased their marginal tax rate by 5%. 5%. They went from a 20% withholding on all of their IRA distributions to now 25. And it will be that way for the rest of the year. That means we're taking more money out of their investment portfolios just to pay the tax. So future tax implications really need to be addressed prior to that retirement date. Am I actually putting my money in the smartest place for me for when I'm really gonna need it in retirement? 
So interesting to see that. Uh, one of the areas where people make a lot of missteps, those tax implications down the line. It's just the tax code's hard enough just dealing with it on a year-by-year basis, Matt, let alone when we start talking about taxes 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. It just adds another layer of complication to the whole thing. Absolutely. really does. That gets frustrating, too. Something else that can be frustrating for people is trying to decide how to start and elect your Social Security. And where most people go wrong is they just say, you know what? I want that money now. I'm 62. I'm starting Social Security. And they often end up starting it way too early. Uh, Would you agree that that's a common money mistake? It really is. You know, we've been doing discussions and workshops specifically on Social Security for about the last 18 months, really since the rules were changed at the end of 2015 for moving forward. I'm amazed, and we just got a call. I, you know, I can't make this stuff up. Two days ago, we have a workshop we're doing next week, and the client or the, the person was like, hey, listen, I have some questions about Social Security, but I'm not sure that maybe I'm too late. And we said, well, what's going on? Well, I, I lost my job when I was 62. And I've been unemployed now for about 15 months. I needed the money, or at least I thought I did. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get a new job. Went in, took Social Security. I didn't realize that when I did that, that now I can only make $17,000 a year. It's just shy of that. Or they start just withholding my benefit and I just got a job offer and I can't stop it. And so that think about what that's doing. He elected Social Security at an earlier time at the age of 62. If his full retirement age is 66, that's a 25% reduction in his payout from Social Security. And now he actually has a job, but he can't take it because he's going to make over $17,000 a year. That is something that it happens whether they're 62, 63, 64, 65 is just because you lose the job and you're automatically thinking, I need to go grab that money from Social Security because now I'm eligible, you really need to take a step back and look at, am I going to continue looking for work? What if I find work? Understand there's those earnings thresholds. And many people think it's a tax. It's not a tax. They just don't send you the money. 50 cents of every dollar over that this year, it's actually 16990 then people can get to that point very easily, even on a part-time job. So understanding your Social Security options and building it into what you're wanting to do is really important, especially if you get thrown that curveball of either getting laid off or forced early retirement or you take a retirement package. You really want to analyze where Social Security is going to fall into your plan. Yeah, no kidding, because you can't undo those Social Security decisions, right? I mean, that they're pretty much immediate, and you're not going to be able to go and, and undo those choices. Once you've turned on that faucet, it's not going back off. Well, let, just to let you know, you actually have 12 months from the date of election to make a change. But what most people don't realize is if you declare for Social Security early, then you have 12 months from the election, and you have to pay back whatever they have sent you. So I've had Uh people that have come into our workshop and they're 10 months into collecting a payment. And let's just say their payment is $2,000 a month. And let's say they were actually smart. They took a little tax withholding out. They were having 10% withheld. The social security office is expecting $20,000 to come back with the form that they require to reset your election. 
then you have to figure out where am I going to, where's that money going to come from? <laughs> yeah. So it can be done, but it's, it's very difficult to undo things once you've made decisions. That's exactly right. And in the gentleman's case this week, he was outside of that 12 month period of time. He's in, there's nothing he can do to change it. Yep. So now you got to adjust the plan accordingly, even though it might not have been originally the best decision. You've got to now go to kind of plan B and C. But if you can make those choices, make those changes in a timely fashion before you pull the trigger and you can have plan A, that's certainly the more desirable option here. So taxes, Social Security, two areas where we see common money mistakes occur. I know this would have to be on the list, Matt, and that would be folks who are either way too aggressive or way too conservative with their investments. It works both ways. I guess just in either case, being on the extreme of that spectrum is a bad idea. Yeah, and you know, many times what people end up doing with being too aggressive or too conservative is because they're taking advice from what I call the master's degree of the water cooler at work or their friends or their, you know, their brother-in-law who just happened to read a, an article online and he thinks it's the truth is, and I got to tell you, some of the times I really, I can't make this stuff up. I, I, I've sat down with this one particular couple three, four, five times, and they've got considerable amount of money in their retirement accounts. And in 2008, they lost a little money, as we all did in the very beginning, they pushed everything into a cash position, everything, and it's still sitting there to this day. And I asked him, why is it still there? First of all, let me preface this by saying they couldn't spend all the money hmm. because of what their lifestyle is, the way, you know, they don't spend a lot of money. They've got a considerable amount here. They're going to be faced with tax implications that I've been warning them about. And yet he's had paralysis by analysis. He's been analyzing since 2008 the right time to get back in the market. Hmm. So you really want to, being too aggressive or too conservative has to do with your overall planning and not to say that you shouldn't do research. You absolutely should. You need to be aware of, if I'm being too conservative, what harm is that going to do to me? And if I'm being too aggressive, what harm is that going to do? I really want to have a good mix. You can have different, we'll call them buckets of money with different risk tolerances for different purpose. The idea is, if I have money over here that is a little more risky, I shouldn't be needing that money in the next year or two or three or four. So then if there's more fluctuation with that riskier investment portfolio, I can withstand it without taking a knee jerk reaction to something I read on the internet or I listened to some guru on CNBC. I was actually reading this yesterday where, oh my gosh, we're getting ready to head for the biggest disaster crash that the market has ever seen. Yet he's been predicting this, I kid you not, since 2010. But people get scared of that. And so you just want to have an understanding of your investments and the risk that you're taking and then place them according to what their purpose is. What, what, what is that money over there for? In the couple I was talking about with the considerable wealth, I've asked them repeatedly, well, what are you guys wanting to do with that money? And that, well, it's, it's for the kids and the grandkids. Well, then why leave it in cash? You're never going to be able to spend it. Let the money work for you over the course of time. You know, there's only so much that we can talk or say to someone. It's when they actually feel the comfort level that 
their decision is going to be correct in whether it is aggressive or a conservative position. The uh, sky is falling mentality does start to get old after a while, especially when someone's been wrong for many, many, many years in a row and they continue to spout the same thing. You just kind of get this sense of, okay, well, maybe you're going to be right one of these days, but you'll have been wrong for the previous you know, 20 years while you're predicting this thing. Um, that, that gets that gets frustrating to experience, even as someone who's kind of, you know, in this financial field, let alone a, a casual consumer having to kind of watch and, and digest all this stuff every day. It, you got to be a little bit careful about how that starts to kind of seep into your way of understanding things. And uh, just be careful where you're taking that advice from. I think that's that's maybe the main takeaway there. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the one thing that I always want people to recognize there's a huge paradigm shift that that happens when you go from receiving that paycheck to retirement. And I consider retirement when you're no longer working that full time position, even if you're going part time, because the other thing that happens is we become fearful much quicker because we don't have that paycheck and we have more time on our hands to buy into this fear mongering Mm. that's out there. And You know, I I grew up in Florida and I always remember someone telling me back when I was 18, 19 years old that Florida, the capital F stood for fraud. (laughs) And when I first moved there, you know, and Florida is still thought of as a retirement community top to bottom is they're coming down there and it was always a message of fear to scare the retirees into the movement of whatever the assets were buying certain things. So you want to be aware of that. And like you mentioned, really analyze where I always say, what's their agenda? This particular person I'm talking about, I won't mention him. Interestingly enough, he is from Florida is he ends the conversation by wanting you to buy his newsletter. And he's telling you that everything that I just got done saying, there's a 50, 50 chance I'm right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, isn't that with everything? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that way he can go either way. Well, I, you know, I, I told you I was 50, you know, the market just keeps moving up. Well, I told you it was 50, 50, but please buy my newsletter for sixty nine ninety five a month. And I'm going to tell you exactly what to do with your money and where. So just always recognize what is the agenda of where you're getting that information from. Yeah. It's like, I remember you used to watch, I think sports shows might be a little bit better about this nowadays, but when sports shows were first kind of, um, you know, on, on the forefront, uh, you know, during ESPN's, you know, real heyday and, and all of these, you know, talking heads started coming out, I'd always chuckle when they would ask questions like, could the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year? And then, well, Sure, they could. Well, that, absolutely, that's possible. Why, why not ask, will they win it this year? And, I, and that just reminds me of that, of could the markets crash next year? That, yes, they could. Uh, here, here's why. It might not happen, but it could, and here's my explanation. And this is why you should buy what I'm giving you. Um, I guess this kind of leads, that distrust or that mistrust and the, the frustration that people have or the fear, all those different F words, I guess, that we could apply to this, fear, frustration, and others, leads people to maybe go in the other direction, Matt, where now they're just trying to get as much information as possible from all these different sources. They've got Google at their fingertips. Now you're Googling everything you can to try and learn more, reading articles and all this kind of stuff, in addition to listening to radio shows and podcasts and TV. That can lead to kind of an opposite issue where you get paralysis by analysis. You get too much information at your fingertips to where now you struggle to make decisions. 
That's so true. And I've got a couple clients uh, that are doctors, one that is a nurse practitioner. And in the medical field, what they said is I always use the slang or the quote, you know, Google is your friend. And so go out there and do that. In the medical field, what they've told me is they find people coming into their office now where they could have treated something one, two, three weeks ago and had a much better success rate. But unfortunately, now people are self-diagnosing with information that is online that they're assuming is accurate. Mm. And in our own situation here, I remember in the medical world, I had to do a lot of research and I, I was very careful as to what I considered to be real information and what I consider to be, I hate to use this word, but like quack information, just people right, out there, right. you, you don't really know what they're doing or what they're thinking. But paralysis by analysis, you, you know, successful people are able to get right to the point and make, and make educated decisions and then move forward. And that's where having all of that information goes back to what's the agenda? What am I trying to accomplish? How can I know that this is a, quote, trusted source? We hear it all the time now, especially since the last political climate and the election of fake news. What's real is out there. And it really it plays so true in the financial world as well. Yeah, absolutely true. All right, let's uh, throw out one more common money mistake before we wrap up the podcast for this week. And that would be when folks are impatient with their investments. Uh, why is patience such an important part of the process? Well, we're, you know, the one thing about being patient with the investment, what I always want our clients to understand is, I go back to that quote, position with purpose, is investments, depending on where you put them, when you're going to need them, meaning when you're going to need to have that, that distribution of the asset, the investment can have a long horizon where time horizon, 5, 10, 20 years, you know, retirement now is not a 10 or 12 year equation. It's a 25 to 30 year equation. And so we have to plan accordingly. And if we're looking at just a short time period or short sampling, and then we're going to make a decision on investments that we put the plan together, let's say last year, we're gonna automatically wanna make a change, that can have detrimental effects that have a ripple effect for years. And again, goes back to the quote fear factor. That's what I always find. I just had two clients in yesterday, we're sitting there talking. Obviously over the course of the last year, market's done pretty well. We had a couple of hiccups last summer um, in the first quarter of 16, but for the last 14, 15 months, the market has done extremely well. And I found it fascinating that instead of them being happy, they're both of them, their questions were, all right, well, when's it going to crash? What should we do? Where should we place it? And then we go, what I always do is I like to go back over, okay, let's go back and let's review the plan we put in place last year, two years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was, and say, this is why we position those things in this area. And let's remember if the market does, let's say, take a correction. Now, we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. When that correction happens, it's not going to affect your retirement, your income, your legacy plan, whatever it was we put in place, because that money, that quote, is subject to potential decline in value is not a necessity today or 90 days from now or, quite frankly, two or three years from now. So what's it really matter? 
And by the time they we got done with that conversation, then it's, oh, I remember. Oh, I, yep, okay. And then they can remove that impatience or that uneasy feeling about the plan that we have in place. But usually that's the case. You know, there's there's been so many studies that have been done on investor behavior in these little short time samplings making drastic mistakes that end up really hurting them over the long run. Well, you've been listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast. Lots of helpful information today on common money mistakes. If I'm listening to the podcast today, Matt, and I'm thinking, well, I've kind of made some of these mistakes. Maybe I've started Social Security too early or was planning on doing it right at 62, and now I'm worried that that might not be the the case. Or maybe I am being too aggressive or too conservative with my investments. How easy is it to delve into these issues, into these mistakes, even if they've been made, and fix them and make sure that we don't make them going forward? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I had someone in last week, and that is exactly what they were worried about. And what we do is we go through a discovery part with every person that comes in to show them, okay, yeah, you took Social Security early. Probably wasn't the best decision, but let's see what we can do to hopefully like lessen the blow. And in many cases you can make now social security or taking a pension, choosing the right option there sometimes is an irrevocable decision. We can't change that. But then depending on where the assets are, how they're invested, we can look at tax strategy. We can look to help curb, or as I said, lessen the blow of those mistakes and many times get people out of those. And if you need a little bit of help in that regard and want to reach out to Matt Hausman, you can do so by calling 610-719-3003. Again, 610-719-3003. Always online as well, smartmoneyquestions.com. That's where you can listen to past podcasts, ask questions, and tap into more resources there as well, smartmoneyquestions.com. Matt, as always, thanks for the help on the podcast this week and for the guidance. We'll look forward to uh, chatting with you again next time. Great. Thank you. On the next podcast, we're going to be talking about financial blind spots, those areas of the planning process, just like when you're driving down the car and you don't realize over your shoulder that, you know, there's a car kind of waiting in the wings. It's a little bit of a danger zone, but you don't see it. That's what we're going to talk about. But from a financial perspective, what's close to you? What's right over your shoulder, uh, but in your blind spot that you need to be aware of is there. We'll try to serve as that that new technology that, you know, knows that there's somebody sitting in your blind spot, even though you don't see them and alerts you in your vehicle and some of the newer vehicles these days. That's what we'll try and be next week when we talk about some of these financial blind spots. That's on the next Smart Money Questions podcast. Thanks so much for listening. 